Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at Ziggy's Stockton locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a brief off-season hiatus. Uh, Last time Ryan and I hopped on was for episode 121, and you can check that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on? So it's literally been, shit, it's probably been over a month. Uh, You know, we took a little hiatus. Felt like it was a good time, you know, to just chill out, reset, really dive into the uh, the gambling scene even deeper than we already were. Uh, me and Eric were just talking about, you know, gambling before we logged on. And, you know, we're in a little bit of a slump. Shit happens, um, you know, but the football season's here. College football's here. So I'm hoping for a big bounce back this week. Um, you know, there's, you know, not, not shit has really been going on. So, um, but I'll tell you what, man. We come on here all the time and we tell people, you know, how big of football fans we are. I am so excited that it is football season. Uh, it, it's kind of just been, you know, nonstop football every single day. Um, just just really happy. So we are recording tonight. It's Thursday night. Uh, Steelers Browns just got over. I know Eric just had a bad beat right now at that last uh, the last Browns touchdown. So um, pretty shitty start for you for week three of the NFL season, but. Uh, it's a good time, man. It's a good time to be a sports fan. I know we got training camp next week for the Kings. Uh, baseball season's coming to a close. And, uh, you know, we'll finally start watching baseball now that it's about to be October. So uh, I'm happy to be here, man. It's been a while. Hey, since we're talking about betting, I'm going to hit us with the read this right away just to get just to get through it because I know you guys are eager for that. Bet online read. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device and join. Um, make your first sports bet using the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You know, I always think to myself, am I betting too much? And then I hear you read that stuff. I'll know I'm betting too much when I start betting on esports, I think. You know, I, if you're fucking betting on esports, okay, let's be real. You got a real fucking problem. You know those 1-800-GAMBLER commercials? You probably need to call those people. Uh, I, every time, I just think about that. I don't know. 
to be honest with you, I don't even really know what esports are. I wouldn't even know how to bet on them. You know, besides the bet online thing, I I would have no idea what I'm even looking at. So, um, if you're betting on esports, I I really think that you need to call the one eight hundred gambler. Uh, maybe take a step back, reassess your life. Yeah, well, you know, you, you can't. Hey, I mean, we're in the promo for for the for the uh, believe fifty, and I guess if you're betting esports, you must know esports. Everyone's got their thing. You know, that's how I feel about betting the ponies. And, you know, I know people that do that. Um, there's some, some stuff I just don't touch and some people are really into it. So I guess if you're in that scene, you know what? Dude, honestly, you know, what's funny is I don't know if you if you follow the bet online Twitter account, but it's awesome. Dude. They, the one thing I like about the bet online Twitter account is they just embrace the uh, they just embrace the whole just uh, betting thing. And it's like there'll be random stuff out there like uh not even related to sports more like even like pop culture stuff and they'll and they'll like oh the odds for you know this and this you know uh and and they'll just tweet stuff like that and and i think it's funny recently in one of the fantasy football group chats i don't know if you saw this but they were talking about you know betting the over under on the on wedding speeches and things like that anything can be bet on ryan you can't you can't knock it until you try it i guess but uh yeah, bad bad start for me for this weekend. But yeah, it's been uh yeah, it's been about a month and I was thinking about it. And you know, we, we initially planned to take a little bit of a break. We've never really taken a break in the first how long have we been doing KCS, Brian? Two years, three years? This will be our third this will be our third year, yeah. Yeah. So in the whole time we've never really taken a break. We always come at everyone, you know, pretty much weekly, sometimes, you know, maybe the tenth day or something, just depending on what happened or fell on. But we intentionally took a break and then I got the COVID. You know, there was, and then literally there's nothing going on. Uh, I stay logged into Kingsland. I jump on Kingsland recently and, you know, John uh, Lesserth on there, he posted a crickets and he's like, there was a little comment on it. And, and he said, he was like calling, not, not in a bad way. He's like calling out the admins of the page, which is like us and KC and Cap City and all that. He's like, you know, I haven't heard anything from the admins and everybody's in there like, it's football time. There's nothing going on. And after the last couple of years, I feel like we've been all invested in Kingsland and Kings takes it like, it, I, I think it hit a point towards this season, honestly, for fans. And we talked about this where people just got kind of like, I think people are just kind of exhausted by some of the stuff sometimes. And I feel like this off season has been probably a good thing. It's built anticip- anticipation. Like a lot of stuff happened early, but man, I can't remember the last time in the last three years that things have been this, this dead, like literally nothing going on. I mean, right. You feel me on that? Yeah. And I, and I think the problem is, you know, usually you're looking for that superstar, you know, changing a team. Not a lot of movement, dude, you know, with actual superstars. I think, you know, obviously Utah broke up, but really in the grand scheme of things, who gives a fuck about Utah, right? Like there was no LeBron James movement. The Kevin Durant uh, rumors that were out there, he ended up staying. Kyrie's staying. Um, there's just not a lot of big ships that fell. There's not a lot of drama like, you know, we're recording today on the day of the Ime uh scandal, whatever the fuck happened. That is the biggest news. A head coach having sexual relations with a staff member is the biggest news of the fucking NBA offseason. And it right there just tells you that's the reason why we took the month off. We reset, we refreshed, we're motivated. You know, we're going into training camp next week. So, um, yeah, I don't remember a basketball offseason like this, really. It's just kind of been, it's been different, but it's been good. I needed to step away, 
Um, you know, I need a, that little reset, man. Going going hard for two and a half years, not taking a week off, um, it fucking catches up to you. You know, you start, you know, especially last year when there was high expectations, you know, and, and I really feel like we hit a low point around the trade deadline last year. And it was just a lot of negativity towards the end of the year. You know, I felt like I, I, I even hopped off Kingsland recently. Um, I haven't really been on in a while. And, you know, just a lot of negativity. And, you know, I want to reset. I want to go into the year positive. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of hype surrounding the roster this year and, you know, possibly ending that drought. So, um, but overall, really fucking dry month and a half with NBA. And, it, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get a training camp. Let's get some rumors going. And NBA is always better, dude, when there's scandals and when there's trade rumors and big pieces moving. So, um, yeah, let, let, let's get into it, man. I, you know, like I said, a week away from training camp. Uh, the hot things in Kingsland. There were a couple, a couple of things we were talking about. Like, and what's been the biggest thing? There's been a little bit that came out, but I'm gonna. I'll throw these uh, these out. You, you tell me if you put stock in it, okay? Because that's why. Like, I was like, we were talking about. Should we bring this up? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't put stock in it. So the one thing that came out was the whole was Harrison Barnes. You know, it had talks about you know getting traded to the Suns, and so like just because maybe that was like the first thing that happened uh, in a while. Like there was chatter on it, but. Dude, everybody knew. Everybody knew that uh, that Harrison Barnes, uh, you know, was 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 gonna was in trade talks, I guess, and that was one thing. And then there was like a little thing, you know, a Bleacher Report trade that came out. Michael Porter Jr. the Kings, and it's like, okay, like you know, it, you can't put much stock in a Bleacher Report trades because uh, most of the time they look like they're just terrible. Like it's some some dude using the two K trade machine coming up with stuff. So I'm not gonna put a lot of stock in those right now. So you know, that's really all it's hit, but. Um. Oh shit! You you just hit me in the. Th- hey, you wanted you want to do a player? We haven't done a player before. We get into the bulk of it. You want to hit a player? Let's do it before we get too deep. All right, I got a good one. So, uh, if you haven't listened to the show in a while, or your new listener, what we do every episode is we hit Ryan with a random NBA player from our pastime to see if he can get it. I give him kind of a rundown of the bio, and Ryan has to make the guess. So this guy right here, Ryan. He is seven feet tall, 255 pounds. That's his playing weight. Uh, he went to Stanford from 1997 to 2001. He was a 2001 draft pick in the first round, 18th overall by the Houston Rockets as a center. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he Here's his teams. Okay. Seven years of the New Jersey Nets, 01 to 08. He was a center for the New Jersey Nets, 01 to 08. And then he was a journeyman after that with the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Wizards, and the Nets. He was never... Uh, never an all-star or anybody like that, just kind of a general role player. But I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna reference him, you're gonna know him as a as a center and probably a backup center from 01 to 08 for the uh for the New Jersey Nets. But it's a name, it's a name. That's why I felt like I could do it because it is a name. I mean, the first name that comes to mind is Nanad Kristich. No, but that's not yeah, yeah. So I mean, second Stanford. I mean, Stanford. No, I, I, no, I, I, real, I realize, but I mean, that was, wow, that was a lot. Uh, Jason Collins. Yeah, it's Jason Collins. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, I instantly, you know, when I think of this, the thought, I always like to tell the thought process behind this. When I think of like 2000 centers in the nets, it's Nanad Kristich. Like, you remember that? <laughs> like, I realized he's a foreign player. He didn't go to Stanford, but that's why I said, you know, Nanad Kristich is the first person. But 
you know, let's be honest, man. Jason Collins comes to mind because everybody knows Jason Collins, his sexual preference, you know, and he's been probably more popular as a as a former NBA player. And I think he's a coach now for them or whatever, you know, like let's be real, the guy wasn't very good at basketball. Um, I think I honestly think he's more in the headlines now because uh, he, he's a gay male. So. Um, yeah, Jason Collins, man, easy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know how you know how I got to Jason to him is that I uh, before I, I was like I don't know who to pick right now. You know, I, I saw, so I just was like, is there? A, I, I typed in a random NBA player and there was a generator and you could just hit hit it over and over and it would just give you r- random players. And I usually don't do that. I usually just come up with these off the top of my head. But I saw J- I saw Jason Collins. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna see if Ryan gets this shit. He's like, in the news a lot. I honestly yeah. didn't know he went to Stanford, so it was really Jason Collins, Nanad Kristich, and then if I had to go a third person there, fuck, I don't even know centers for the Nets. Yeah, I, I mean, Brooke Lopez, late. I don't even know if it was he 2010s. Yeah, he had to have been. He was. Pr- Probably 2008, now probably earlier, huh? 2007, he was probably drafted. He's, so. he's, 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 late, he's late, two th- late 2000s for sure. Um, yeah, look, look that up, actually. That's a good one. When was he? When Brooke he was Lopez Stanford. was drafted? Yeah, Brooke Lopez, because he was Stanford. Him and his brother, him and Robin were Stanford. So that was where I was going next. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess like 2000. And, I'm going to guess 2009. That's what I'm going to guess. Let me see. 2008. So he's drafted yeah, 2008. 2008 so. Yeah, yeah. So it was right there. Um, okay, so King, let's do some King's talk for, for what what's out there, right? So the, another thing that came out this week was the uh, was it ESPN's top 100 or was it who who did that top 100 players in, in Bleach the NBA? Report always does that bullshit. Yeah. Did you see that? You know, I think uh, I didn't even pull it up. I wasn't ready, but I, I want to say like Darren Fox is in the low fifties, like fifty three or something like that. Not exactly. Yeah, let me, I'll and bring it up right now. And then Sabonis was like forty seven, and then you know who's who surprised? Like Harrison Barnes was somewhere on there down. But you know what's surprising is all of a sudden you know Keegan Murray is like the ninety sixth best player in the in the NBA. I don't know. I, I don't like when they do these lists and then they put rookies in the and even you know yeah it's the team and it's our team and everything. But I don't like when they put rookies on this list. This is don't think it's fair. It's like. It's all on these college projections, but um, not a big list guy. But I guess you know, people are like, oh, you know, the Kings have some top. It's like, yeah, well, if you do the math, how many teams there are, you divide it by, you know, 100. It's like if you don't have a couple guys on there, well, especially the Kings this year, you know, people are. I think you know Vegas has them at, at a, what thirty three wins. Ryan Vegas has the Kings I this year. I think so. I think which so, yeah, I'm hammering wins. that over. But you know, I think internally and kind of around, people wouldn't be surprised if the Kings make the playoffs. So if you're gonna be that type of team, you better have one or two players on there to to make something. Um, so bonus though, like I mean, I guess he's not top player, but when you, when you come down to, I, w- I wanted to put this on you. I've been thinking about this. Like if you talk about straight centers in the NBA, where, where do you where do you put Sabonis? You know, I, I, I think kind of highly of him. I mean, off the top of my head, fuck, dude. I'll pull up a list seven. of centers. Yeah, that way you don't miss people because that's like kind of putting you on the spot. Conservatively top seven, I would think. I mean, man. I'm, yeah, yeah bring, up, bring up that list. I mean, obviously, we got Jokic, right? We got Rudy Gobert. Um, I mean, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, of course. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of Jonas Valanciunas. I, class- I would, I would take Sabonis over. Valanciunas. Yeah. Do you classify Bam Adebayo? 
Uh, Clint Capella is up there. I'd buy you for sure. I, yeah. I I would put I'd buy you above him. Clint Capella, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, who else? And this doesn't mean there's not a lot of centers. There really isn't. Uh, like, I mean, you could probably classify like Carlton Towns as a center. But he's really, I mean, Carlton Towns to be shooting threes next to us. He's going to be playing power forward. So I guess I can't, I'm not going to. That's hard, man. The, the center saying. position, you know, the positionless basketball like everyone's played, but uh, it's almost top yeah, five. Top seven. It might be almost top five based on this list here, dude. I mean, really, I'd put Yoke. Conservatively, Yoke, Gobert, and Bede, and Abayu. And Abayu. And there's a couple of debatables, okay? Uh, I mean, I guess people would debate it. You have uh, Nikola Vucevic, DeAndre Ayton. Um, it's pretty much it on this list. And I mean, unless I'm missing someone, I know it's not like a lot of players. But Vucevic is a good one, man. That guy's so underrated. He is, but you know how? I mean, it's like okay, I'm gonna pull Vucevic, but Sabonis did make two All Star teams, and you know, I know, I, and then that's the thing when you start looking at it, it's like, all right, who's got the all? Who's got the Vucevic credentials? Has, right? Vucevic has two All Star teams too, so it's kind of like who's got the he's, credentials? He's right there. I, I I bring it up though, Ryan, just because um, I really am expecting uh, Sabonis to have a really big year this year. You know, I I really am. Just I'm excited about it. The only thing to get hyped around the Kings this year has been off season training videos with. And uh, which I usually don't get too hyped on, but Sabonis has had some cool ones out there shooting a lot, you know, taking guys off the dribble. Like he's just such a unique player. Uh, and I think that, I think that even last year, there was still a lot of divide and bitterness from people who are pissed off that Tyrese Halliburton got traded. And, and it really, it wasn't a lot of games. He, he, he got hurt, you know, a little bit. And so, uh, there was still that whole that whole just like opinion about the Kings at that time. And I think going into this new year, fresh starts, the whole season stays healthy, improved numbers. I think that just I just I guess the point is I think he could really take a big step in that tier of centers that he's already in. But um, you know, that was just that was just one I, I wanted I wanted to note there. And then Harrison Barnes, you know, you know, Harrison Barnes, I guess just gets the respect because he's Harrison Barnes, but expiring um, contract this year. Yeah, that's something that's gonna be uh, interesting, you know, I don't know if we have to dive too much in, but the whole Harrison Barnes situation, do you think Harrison Barnes lasts the whole year this year? Do you want to say that right not, now? Or Not a chance. Yeah, I don't I don't think he does. The only way, the only way Harrison Barnes lasts the whole year, I think, is if Sacramento is like up there. They're like there. A six, a six seed around the all-star break, you know, like legitimately making a run. If they're hovering at the ninth, you know, if they're hovering around the play-in, you got to move him, right? Like, I, I really think, I really think that's what would happen. Like, they would have to be hot, dude. Like, hey, we're for sure making the playoffs. Like, we're trying to make some noise. You know, maybe we can bring it back next year. That's the only way I see it happening, dude. Yeah, and because uh, I think at that, if, I agree with you. Because I think if they got to that point, that. Harrison Barnes would hold value. He gets some type of player back, and like you, maybe in theory, you wouldn't see a major drop off if you moved him. You, you you would be moving him, expecting to still kind of be the same or you know better. Like, and that that's kind of been my thing about Harrison Barnes is like I don't know, man. I I guess if I'm pessimistic on one thing about the Kings this year, it's like it. It's not that I'm pessimistic on Harrison Barnes, but it's just like I guess going into this year, I'm not putting so much stock into him to like move the needle on the Kings just because he hasn't done so in the last couple of years. Um, I don't really hate any players on the roster right now. And, and and I think that's what's, as we're going into the season, that's something I was thinking about in that the last couple off season, there's like, there's always a, well, one, the rotation hasn't been that deep and the roster hasn't been that deep. Right. So 
um, guys had been forced into certain roles that maybe you did we didn't like. And so there's always a there's been a couple of guys the last couple of years either us or fans themselves kind of hated on and didn't want to see playing. So like we were kind of with Rashawn Holmes, we were kind of away, right? And 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 other players. And a lot of people felt that way about like Buddy Heald, for example. So um this year, like I feel it's a pretty well, it's the most well-rounded roster. Is it is it is it a uh hyperbole Ryan to say that this is like the most well-rounded deep roster the Kings have had in 10 years? No, because I mean look at it, dude. Like, is the roster comes close? Yeah, like no. I mean, the only roster that comes close is that you're with Rudy Gay, Rondo, and DeMarcus Cousins, but that was so front-loaded, right? Like, that that was so front-loaded. Like, this roster, it's, I don't know if it's as, you know, it, it's not a star-studded for sure. Like, you don't have Rondo, Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins, but you're also not rolling out there with Justin Jackson, uh, you know, like the remember those couple years ago? I don't, I don't know why I just blanked out on players' names, but a couple years ago when they were rolling out there with oh, that's what it was, Justin James. You know what I mean? Like you were counting on guys like that to give you minutes, guys who were barely NBA players, barely hanging on by a thread. Um, I, I think they are 10 deep with NBA talent, 10 guys that if you know. If you were to cut any of those 10 guys, they would find a, a, a team right away. And that's something that I don't think you can say for the last few years with Sacramento. There's been a lot of a lot of teams the last few seasons that have rolled out there with not, you know, very much NBA talent after the starting five. So um, yeah, I I think this is the deepest roster. I don't know if it's the most star studded, but um you know, it's definitely like when you have a two-time All-Star like Sabonis and you have Darren Fox, who me and you are so high on, and we think, um, you know, it's going to be an All-Star this year. I, I, I you know, yeah, yeah, I, th- I definitely think this is the best roster. This is the best roster for sure, top to bottom, um, since the last playoffs uh, appearance. So, something, something going into the year two, I've been thinking about something we've said for pretty much since we've been doing Kings, Kings Cast is the. Uh, is the ability to have versatility of lineups, just being really guard heavy this year. They have a lot of, uh, and, and not guard heavy, like similar, like, you know, like they have a lot of different types of guards. You know, they have a Monk, they have a Mitchell, they have Terrence Davis, right? And Fo- obviously they have Fox. So it's like they have different types of players. You could play three at a time, two at a time, and the two at a time looks different, you know, just depending on who's on the court. Um, they actually have, you know, they kind of solved the forward issue, I guess, with Murray and Kevin Hoarder. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, they're listing Terrence. I'm looking it up right now. They're listing Terrence Davis as a small forward this year. So yeah, whatever, dude, what's the difference? What's the difference between a small forward and a shooting guard? Who fucking knows nowadays? I guess it's just the length, but, but it's, it's funny. It's funny. Cause it's like, um, it's like well, cheating, you know, the, lack, the, the lack of the uh, small forward position. Yeah, you know just I mean? saying, no, no, we're good on small forward, man. Just because you, just because you call them a small forward, <laughs> like they just, they just wrote yeah. it, wrote it in, like yeah, yeah. No, That's I, all I, that uh, is. That is all that is, dude. It's just for, it's just for the appearance. You know what I mean? You, you look at the, uh, you, you look at the roster, like oh, there's another F right there. You know what I mean? Like that's all it is, dude. It's all. It's just. It is. It's just for show. Trey, Trey Lyles is on there too. Trey uh, Lyles too. That's yeah, I forgot about that, man. Wow. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, no, that's why I've kind of thrown I throw in Trey Lyles because I think everyone, even myself, you kind of just forget about Trey Lyles. Like you forget that he's on there. Um I know I think 
we 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 typically before before the season, Ryan, we do we do our uh, kind of season previews where we and I want to save some of the our stuff for that as we go. We kind of go through camp, get get a little you know better better takes when when they come. But um, but what I what I was gonna say is is that like I th- I think there's a there's a couple storylines that we can just throw out there and we can touch on uh, later episodes too. And I think like we mentioned them in the last you know, the last couple episodes we did about De'Aaron Fox and the pressure and the eyes on him this year, uh, the new coaching staff. Um, do you think that the front, I'm going to ask you this, like, do you think that if the Kings kind of, I don't know, I guess is if they don't come out guns blazing, they're kind of just muttering along early in the season. Do you think that like the front office is going to start getting heat from people? I think the front office is already getting heat, dude. I saw, I was on some Twitter some Twitter account the other day, and they were talking about, um, you know, McNair being on the hot seat. It was actually, it was Carmichael Dave, I believe, you know, just scroll on Twitter and he pops up on my feed about Monty McNair being on the fucking hot seat already because he hasn't received an extension. And, um, you know, I think people are already fucking talking about that dude. It's Sacramento, man. The instability in the front office over the last 20 years is unreal. Like you couldn't even, you know, it's like we've talked about, dude, you couldn't even try to be this bad over the last 20 years. Like if, if you were to take me back in time and I was trying to be this bad, I could, I don't even think I could do it, honestly. Uh, you know, so yeah, the front office, I, I don't think so. I don't think they should be. I think Sacramento just needs to finally just, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to roll five to six years with the same guys. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think Monty McNair should be on the hot seat. He's drafted well. You know, he's made the right moves, I believe. Um, but you just never know, dude. It's the fucking Kangs, dude. A couple years ago, after they won that, what was it, 39 games? Everybody thought they were going to come out, out the gates hot and play well and get in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure those motherfuckers had like a five-game losing streak to like start the season, dude. So um, you just never know. Um, but I, I really don't think that the front office should be on the hot seat. I think, you know, ride it fucking through. Let, let's at least get to the all-star break, dude, and and assess where we're at. And I don't, I don't think they should either. And I, I was just bringing it up because, I yeah, like I know how people are. And, like, I think it's funny in that, oh, nice. We got a beer crack this nice season? One, nice one, dude. That was a good beer crack this season. What are, what are you drinking? That's not beer, is it? Oh, that's a beer. That's definitely a Coors Light. Back to it. Well, we did the last episode in the morning, recording late, late night, late night, late Thursday night. And so I remember the last time you're like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to drink the beers. It's all vodkas and frescas if I'm drinking. And then here you are cracking them back. Well, you know, I don't work on Fridays anymore, dude. So, you know, I'm off that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I work this for that 410 schedule is real nice. And, you know, to be completely honest with you, you know, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm really fucking tired. Sometimes you just need a beer at the end of the day, man. Yeah, sometimes you just need sometimes you just need that Coors Light at the end of the night to, uh, you know, settle you down, put you to bed later on. But I don't think I've had a beer crack. Did it really sound pretty good? Oh yeah, I, I don't think I've had a beer crack like that in six months, dude. So way to freaking bring back the show after our little hiatus. Yeah, no, that was that was a good pop. Um, I think on the thought I was saying before I got interrupted by that loud, uh, that loud blue mountains there. Um, I was talking about just the the overreactions. That's you know, and that's something like I guess to be to be quite honest, like it was kind of nice to not have to be so invested in the Kings that was this last month. It was kind of an excuse not to be invested because, dude, I get kind of tired of the of the overreactions from people and just some of the stuff that comes out and, um, 
the last couple of years, it's been about the direction to take the team. You know, it's been the, we had to live through the Kings need to take tank takes. Um, they lived through the trade deer and Fox takes uh, sign this player, do this and that. And it's just like, it, it became a, it, it got exhausting because we were just, I felt like all, all steps the last two years, we were kind of uh, opposite you know, so to speak. And I feel like a lot of what we said the Kings should do, they've they've done um, or kind of taken that approach, I guess. And so I think people, though, can be just so, I don't know, irrational, Ryan, that I'm just afraid that some stupid, what stupid takes are going to come out as, as the season comes close. Cause, and it sucks because I guess, that's where my mind goes when it, when it, when we talk about the Kings nowadays. It's 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 not like about the the uh, consistency and you know players. It's it's all about just some bullshit. And and I'm I'm be honest, like I'm not looking forward to that to the season, um, just because I don't. I think the Kings are gonna be solid this year. I I really do. At this time, I do think that the Kings the Kings are gonna be a playoff team, but I think it's gonna be a hard road to get there. And there po- there possibly maybe some transactions to get them there. And you, like you said, like teams start off slow. It's a long season. And, and and when you have a little bit of expectations like this and you have, like we've said, like the deepest roster in the last 10 years, uh, I guess people can kind of try to start saying crazy shit. And so uh, I guess that's one thing I just want to say. I'm not looking forward to season for that reason right there. 100%. You know, and people, you got to take into account, you know, it can... Uh... It can get real shitty real fast, dude. You know, the the Sacramento Kings, you know, we're talking about how deep they are and stuff, but they're a they're a DeMontis Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox rolling goal away from being real motherfucking average. You know what I mean? Like you lose one of those guys for 10 games and you're not in a good spot. Um, that's just, you know, and you can say that for a lot of NBA teams, but you know. Especially a team like Sacramento, where you don't have a clear-cut top ten player in the NBA, right? Like, you know, Golden State, Clay Thompson's gone, or Draymond misses a period of time. They got Steph Curry who can pick up the slack and carry him for a ten-game span, right? Same thing with Brooklyn. I, I, you know, people hate on Brooklyn all you want. I think Brooklyn is going to be much improved. I mean, it's still Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. One of those guys go down. I think the other one for a ten-game span could pick up the slack. Um, same thing, you know, I believe with the Lakers coming in this year, Sacramento doesn't have that. I think they, they, for Sacramento to be good this year and really make the playoffs. And I'm not talking the 10 seed really make the top eight. They have to stay healthy. You know, it, everything has to go right for Sacramento. There's not really a margin of error. Um, so keep that in mind, you know, when you're making predictions and you're talking about, well, it's a, it's guaranteed they're in the playoffs or that. It's the NBA, you know, you're a rolled ankle away from being a real average team. So um, we'll see, man. We'll see. All I know is those season tickets just re-upped a couple weeks ago. Uh, fucking looking forward to that shit, dude. Me and me and our guy, Gus, you know, the owner of Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. So um, I'm fucking pumped, dude. I cannot wait to be back at the G1C section 125 chilling uh so it's gonna it's gonna be a great season there regardless you know so I'm, I'm super excited uh let's do you want like let's i wanted to talk, i haven't talked about this with you yet at all even like off air or anything but that that stuff about the high school players came out this week um about the about the nba uh lowering the age 
and um i feel like a lot of people are down for that dude i don't i don't like that i really don't like that do you like that i don't like it the way the contracts are set up right now right i, I don't like it the way the contracts are set up right now because instead of paying those guys when was deer and fox 23 when he got paid and he was probably a year away from that contract that he got you know, now you're going to be paying those guys at 22 when they're probably two years away from that contract and really living up to it. Kind of like the Michael Porter situation. You know, I think Michael Porter got paid a lot of money really fucking early and then got hurt again. Um, if the NBA was to restructure rookie deals and add an extra year on the rookie deals, I might be on board because then it's putting you in the same spot as you are now. But I'm sorry, I don't believe in, you know, um, paying a 21 22 year old 180 million because he's up for he's up for that you know what i mean even though he hasn't done really anything you're really paying the guy for what's you think's going to happen the next few years so um i think the nba is doing the right thing by allowing look at dude okay it's america right you want to come out when you're 18 you fucking come out when you're 18 you want to come out whatever I, I, I don't care i'm just worried about what it's going to do to small market teams who have to pay their guys you know they live like sacramento lives and dies by the draft if you get a guy and you can't afford to lose him but he hasn't hit that peak yet and you have to fucking go pay him that's gonna hinder your franchise especially if it doesn't pan out so i think the nba really needs to look in restructuring rookie contracts if they do that um but at the end of the day dude it's america if you fucking want to come out of high school at 18 i think you should fucking come out of high school at 18 that's your right I, I'm pretty spot on with with what you're saying. I I, I mean I I get that whole thing and and forcing players to to go to the one year. I think that uh, but the NBA has a real problem on their hands. I think that this just kind of is an example of that. It's like on one hand, like there's that point about let's just get guys in, develop them, whatever. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, you have what you're saying, and I really think that's been one of the the Kings' biggest problems in the last couple of years is that you have to invest in, in, in guys in the draft. And what that does is it, it just accelerates everything. So it forces you to get, put guys on the court early because you invested a pick in them and you have to see what you have. You have to make the decision on the option and pick that option up. And you have to maybe even make a decision on that, that big time extension. Do you know that when I really, it really was apparent to me, um, was actually Jamal Murray for me. Jamal Murray was one who I think Jamal Murray off the top of my head was like 15 or 16 points a game or something like that. And he got a massive like $180 million contract, like you said, a year early. So mm -hmm. it, 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 it's gotten to the point now in the NBA where you're deciding on max extensions still based on potential. Um, whereas I think you, you should be giving those guys when they have uh, actually shown that step. So what's going to happen And a lot of times it may, it may work out, but then what I think what's going to happen in some cases though, is guys are going to get that stuff early. And because NBA contracts are guaranteed and because they're locked in, there's going to be a team or two that's, you know, every once in a while, that's going to give that max to a guy who um, just frankly doesn't, isn't is it's still based off potential. They don't re reach potential. And then they're stuck with a massive number for several years. And then on the flip side too, I could see teams becoming timid 
and moving off of a guy because they don't want to do it. And then you're letting young guys hit the market. And that's where you talked about. That's where it ruins. It, it hurts the young, the, the small market teams, because you may see guys hitting trade markets early because they don't want to invest the money you're paying or, or what, what have you. You know, I, I just don't like the whole thing. And I do think they, yeah, you're right. They do need to restructure the way the extension works and how much you can give and, and you can do all that. And, um, it's it's an unfortunate thing when you're when you're the team when you're a team like the Kings, like you said, you just have to live and die by the draft, and you have to draft a bunch of kids. And that's why when it came down to the tanking stuff this last year or two, I've been so against it. You've been so against it. It's like, dude, I don't want to be a fan of a team that is drafting nineteen year old kids. You have you ever hung out with a bunch of nineteen year olds, dude? You know, honestly, like they're just a bunch of kids, and I, I don't I won't, I don't want a team of a bunch of nineteen year old kids because you're literally waiting already. You're waiting what five years, Ryan, just to see. Do you really want to wait six or seven years? You can't afford that. And if you miss once or twice, that's how you go into decade droughts like the Kings have. Well, and the problem is too. It's like we talked about with the the front office being on hot seats and stuff. You know, people expect that number one pick to come in and and produce immediately. They're expecting you know, LeBron James to walk through the doors, right? And average 25 and five year rookie year and, and really turn a franchise around, you know? Um, and that's just not realistic. So it, it adds to turnover, right? Uh, coaches, coaching turnover, front office turnover. And then, you know, your guys are trading people away and there's different agendas. So I just don't think it's good for anybody. I, I, I really don't think it's good for anybody, you know? And can you imagine last year, Right as you were talking, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine a year ago from today that the Kings had to pay Marvin Bagley? You know, me and you are very high in Marvin Bagley. We think Marvin Bagley is very talented. I think he's to be a good player in the NBA for a while. And he got his little money this year. But can you imagine Sacramento having to pay that guy the extension last summer? You know, or this really would have been the summer before or whatever. They, they would have done it. You know, you would have been locked into this guy for the next three, four years, a 21, 22-year-old, um, and you're not getting the extra, extra year to look at him. It, it just sounds like a disaster to me, dude. You're handicapping these these small market franchises that have such a small margin of error already, and you're going to throw another speed bump into that. It, for me, it sounds like a recipe for disaster, dude. I, I don't understand how a small market team can can overcome that. You have to hit on every draft pick. You have to, and you have to expect that person to walk in day one and produce. And it's not fair. It's not fair. You know, um, you know, look at Oklahoma City this year. Chet Holmgren, number two pick, right? Goes and gets hurt. He's out for season. So now realistically, you're, you know, you're gonna look at another two years at that guy. You know, and you got a picture of this as he's a year younger now. So really he lost his rookie year as an 18 or 19 year old. And then you're going to go have to freaking pay him as a 21 year old. It's just not fair. What if you run into that situation to me that I look at that and it's not fair. Well, there's the whole contract component that there's a development timeline component too. And, that, and those are two major things, you know, so the contract component we touched on, but the, the development one is even almost as bad for me. Because there are a lot of teams that just their only hope is to build through the, through the draft. And so when you get a collection of talent, I mean, it's it's literally, I don't know, exaggeration, five or six years until they're hitting. So if you get it brought at 18, five or six years is 24, dude, 23, 24. So what? You're hoping by, by 25, that's seven years. Seven years. You know, the NBA landscape changes. The NBA game could change in that time frame. Like, it's, you know, it's just a, like that's a that's a that's that's a that's that's a crazy amount of time in the NBA, and that's if everything goes right. You're going to line everything up together, and 
that is that is so long of a time. And and that's why I was against tanking last year because it's already that. It's already an issue. It's already an issue for that. Um, and it would just I think it could just make it even worse. I mean, I look at if you look at teams right now like the Detroit Pistons and uh, the uh, OKC is a good OKC. example. If you even look at Utah and they're, what they're going to go into now, um, and then obviously the Kings the last couple of years, it's like, dude, like you're going to hope that this all pans out and hope it takes the time. I mean, look at look at the Orlando Magic. They have a bunch of picks on the roster. Like, how long do you think that's going to take? And I think that's why the Kings last year, what they did was smart. It's what we advocated for. It's what we wanted. Is is, is accelerated that, and, and that. You know what? At some point, you get one or two guys that okay, these guys are going to be good. All right, we're going to move all the other picks for uh, for you know more established players a year or two older, and maybe give up on the chance of potential just to secure uh, something a little more accelerated now because we don't have five or six years to wait. Like fan bases aren't patient, like you're saying. You know, like they, the Kings didn't have the luxury of waiting three or four more years for another pick and Halliburton and everybody to figure it out. Like. I'd hope it they figured out that you know you cannot do that. Guys are getting canned, especially in Sacramento when they're turning over, turning over. The average life of the front office and the coach is about two and a half years, maybe in Sacramento the last decade. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's something to keep an eye on. I wasn't a fan of it. I know we threw it in the group chat, and uh, the artist formerly known as Kings Cast E Fresh was like, "Well, why? I don't understand." Well, like, I, th- I was like, "Dude, there's there's another side of it." And you said the same thing too. So, I, I haven't really heard too much discussion about that. So I want to bring it up because you and I pay attention to things like this. Um, but that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I I just you know you, you said six seven years right till a person hits that peak. That you know you're talking about the greatest players of all time. You know to where they hit that. Like you, you're talking about LeBron James year seven getting to the finals. You know Michael Jordan year seven getting to the finals. It took these guys that long to hit a peak. You know what I mean, and and with the the way it's structured, it's going to be sh- way sh- way shorter than that, right? You're going to be like we said, dude, age twenty two season. You're going to be looking at that extension and getting paid out, and if you don't, you're getting moved on, and somebody else is going to pay you. So, for me, I look at that, and it's really just a disadvantage to the lower tier uh, of franchises. So, we'll see what happens, man. It's it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, man. Well, good to be back, Ryan. We'll, we definitely have. We'll be back weekly from here on out, especially with camp starting, especially with things jumping back up. So it won't be a hiatus. It won't be a break. You know, keep tuning in, uh, keep supporting. We look forward to the season. I think it's going to be the best Kings cast season um, in, you know, probably quite some time. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at KingsCast, Eric and KingsCast. Ryan, um, it's get in with our Kingsland Facebook page before the season starts. It's a great place to be during the season. A lot of chatter, game threads, and a lot of stuff. So you can join that on Facebook at Kingsland. Um, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and give us a five-star review. It does help us ring reach more Kings fans just like you. And if you want to listen to us, you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.